The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Today on The Revolution, Jim and Trav will strap on their aprons and teach you the basics of meat and wild game cooking. Plus, they'll cover the five most common wild game cooking mistakes, wild game recipes, and precautions to take when handling wild game. Oh, and don't forget, cooking wild game is healthy, delicious, and fun to do. And it's presented by Outdoor Channel at OutdoorChannel.com. Now, here's Jim and Trav. Well, we're talking about the basics of meat and wild game cooking on today's show. Being joined right now by Mrs. Bonnie. Mrs. Bonnie, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, we're also going to hear from uh, Mike Pawluski uh, with Gridiron Outdoors on Outdoor Channel, 9 p.m. Eastern Time uh, every Saturday. Also, uh, David Draper, and he is the Wild Chef. He's got the Wild Chef blog there on Field and Stream. We're also going to hear from Steve McGrath with Cam Chef. And how about uh, Jesse Morris, the Killer Chef? Now, real quick, Bunny, you're gonna, what are you going to talk about? Well, the five mistakes of cooking wild game. Sounds good. All right, so five mistakes to avoid while cooking wild game with Mrs. Bunny is brought to you by Nissan. Nissan, innovation that excites. There. Now we can get to it. Okay. So, uh, the first one being not aging your game first. Oh, yeah. You should always age your game first. Um, unlike domestic animals, wild ones have a richer flavor and a variable flavor because they're often older at death. They exercise freely and they enjoy a mixed diet. You know, it's not... Um, processed and, and fed to him the same thing every Are you describing Jim? Thank you. I could be. <laughs> <laughs> He's older but the exercise now. The wild flavors um, that result from cooking wild game animals uh, a lot of people often call it gamey. I I mean I don't I don't have a I guess I've never really tasted a truly gamey animal. I think that goes now. back to processing it though. From yeah. the time you pull what the you're squeezing the trigger what happens you make a bad shot how you handle it in the field how you process it I think all that as to it. If you don't do it properly, yeah, you're going to ruin the meat. And that's yeah. your own stupid fault. Well, and the thing is, what you need to do is you need to get it out of its skin quickly and then cool let it, it hang. Yeah, yeah, it cools down quickly. And then if the temperature's right outside, I mean, if it's 90 degrees, you're not going to be able to do that. But if you've got a big walk-in cooler, then you can do it. But what we do is we just take the garage and we skin it and hang it for like four or five days. All right, so age your game. That's like the number five mistake. Yeah, it heightens, it heightens flavors. It tenderizes the meat, all of, you know. All the things that you want. So, yes, age your game. Number two, um, not brining or marinating your game first. Now, I don't usually use a briner or marinade, and I know that Jim doesn't and Trav doesn't either. I don't t- tend to do that. A lot of people say that they have to do it to get the, once again, gamey flavor out of it. I don't tend to do it. Like, a lot of people soak their venison in milk. Disgusting. Yeah. No, I... I I'm, do that to Oreos. <laughs> I put milk in a cooler, a couple bags, and I have it for cereal. Oreo cereal? <laughs> you never dip your Oreos in milk? Recently? Whatever. Nah. <laughs> so, anyways, a lot of people, they, they want to do brines and marinades and stuff. I don't tend to do that. I, no. I very, very rarely do we do that. You know, you uh, maybe uh, cook with a wine or something else with it, you know, but uh, mm-hmm. as far as letting it sit and just uh, marinate and anything, we don't tend to do that. And you've got to remember, you're not eating beef. 
I mean, this is wild game. It's supposed to taste differently. Like, why doesn't it taste like Tyson chicken? Because yeah. it's a wild animal, yeah. idiot. <laughs> you know? No, I mean, it's supposed to taste differently. But I think going back, if you have to brine it, it wasn't handled properly. Yeah, really. Uh, Travis really said it all. I mean, if, if, if you get that perfect shot on that animal and you, you know, field dress it, uh, you should be able to let that hang and you not get all of those odd flavors that you would get. Say if you gut shot it. Right. Uh, and you really want to be able to wash that out quickly yeah. to get that uh, out of the meat. All right. So number three. Number three. And I think this spans the gamut of not only wild game, but just meat in general. Overcooking your meat or yeah. overcooking your game. The quickest way to um, turn someone off who's never had wild game before is to overcook the meat that you give them because it turns that funky gray color. Yeah. And, and, it, it's, and it chews like leather. Exactly. Well, because there's so much less fat in wild animals, the moisture evaporates so quickly in the pan, it dries the meat out and that's generally a lot of times where that that weird flavor comes in as well that gamey flavor but i've had it where someone has cooked me a steak and it ended up looking like a cup oh they yeah cooked it so they <laughs> yeah. cooked it so long it dried and shriveled and then like you pour your gravy in, it was like a cup it just sits it was a bowl <laughs> yeah it was yeah, it was like a bowl a, yeah absolutely was, we actually bunny and i went to these people's house for <laughs> dinner and they're like, oh, we're going to have steak and salad. I was like, hey, it sounds good. And they come here, I'm going to show you steaks. They open up the oven door Uh-oh. and they put them on a cookie sheet and put them in the oven. Yeah. <laughs> they broil oh. them. Well, no, they no, no, they, they just bake, bake them, them bake like them. a flipping pie. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure, and they made, honest to God, like a perfect bowl. I was like, is that going to hold the steak up? What, I mean, what is that piece of trash? No, well, What's your steak? Yeah. So going back to that, though, making sure that you know how your wild game should be cooked, like yeah. what, the in, what the internal temperature should be. Just look online for your guide, you know, and have your meat thermometer ready because it is so easy to take it over what you want it. You mm-hmm. know? So, All right. That's number three. What's number two? Cooking it the wrong way. How do you cook something the wrong way? Well, meat is categorized into first, second, and third cut categories. The first category is the leanest and the most naturally tender like your tenderloins, your back straps, things like that. The third category is the toughest, like the shoulder. The cooking method used to cook these cuts um, varies, you know, and it's important to make sure that you use the right cuts in the right dish. If you're hoping to have a magnificent... Um, a piece of really tender meat, don't cut it off the shoulder, you know, and expect to have it, you know, like a steak. Make sure that actually, you Actually, I found with, with venison, uh, you take that shoulder meat and it actually, uh, as you take it off that shoulder blade, X make, makes really good uh, fajitas. It, and yeah. It's very, very lean, and yet there's a nice uh, nice cut of meat on both sides, if you will, of that uh, shoulder blade. I don't know. I, well, but too, some of those cuts are, no matter what you do, no matter how you process it, are really muscly. There's a lot of silver skin. There's a lot of things in there. And so to take a piece of meat that isn't intended to be um, like a ba- like use like a backstrap or a tenderloin and put it into something... Um, you just have to know which pieces of meat you're using for what, because they can be more muscly and more chewy. Some of them really can be. Make a stew. Yeah. Well, do exactly. something. But don't make a stew out of backstrap. God, please don't. It's, yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. You can take a lesser cut. I yeah. will beat you with Jim. <laughs> yeah. So, it will not be But pleasant. that's what it means. Choose, you actually, uh, choose the right cut. Yeah. You actually make a venison pot pie. Yeah. That just flat knock your socks off. She yeah. makes venison every fajitas, pot pies. But that's, that's, that's an example. Breakfast casseroles. That's an example of it, though. Like the pot pies and 
and things like that. You take your chewier ones, you put them into a pot, and you let them cook down a long way. So you let them get really tender. And that's a great way to use a chewier piece of meat. So. so that's number two. What is number one? Things to avoid. Overcompensating. Uh, Doing too much to the meat. Trying to dress it up when it doesn't need it. Smothering it in gravy and creams and soups and jalapenos and bacon and other things. When you have the nice prime cuts of meat, don't ruin them by putting everything on top of them. And for God's sake, don't bake them. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you say prime cuts of meat, you're talking about Jim. <laughs> That's, I, that's I what Miss Terry cut. says. Yes. Jim, he's a prime cut of meat. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't you? No? Well, I thought maybe you'd agree with me. spreading the rumor. Right? So <laughs> we are talking about the basics of meat and wild game cooking. Mrs. Bunny was just telling us about five things uh, you want to avoid or do with your wild game. True that's that. Right. That was amazing, Mrs. Bunny. You are amazing. You're such a great person. Thank you. A great you. cook. A great human being. Humanitarian. Mother Teresa? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Move over. Well, a mother, anyhow. Uh, I thought so. <laughs> All right, so the basics of uh, meat and wild game cooking on today's show. Coming up after the break, though, we're going to be joined by Mike Pawlowski, uh, Gridiron Outdoors. That is Outdoor Channel every Saturday night, 9 yeah. p.m. Eastern Time. Also, uh, Tiffany Lukoski with Tips Tips. Yeah, I forgot about that. Great woman. Yeah. All right, here is a word from Mark. We want to say a special thank you to Nissan, NissanUSA.com, also Outdoor Channel, OutdoorChannel.com forward slash Revolution, Ruger, Ruger.com, High Mountain Seasonings, HIMTNJerky.com, Cabela's, World's Foremost Outfitter at Cabela's.com, and Extreme Beam. Uh, check them out, ExtremeBeam.com. This is Bunny. Thank you so much for stopping by. You're welcome. Are you going to stick around? You betcha. What, for the, for the, the clothes? Probably for the clothes, right. yeah. Cheapskate. Yep. All right, here's a word from Mark. Don't go anywhere. Tiffany Lakoski and Mike Pawlowski, Gridiron Outdoors, they're coming up next. Outdoor Channel on Rock in the Woods. Thousands of anti-hunters are protesting Metallica's part in an upcoming music festival because of frontman James Hetfield. The controversy stems from an upcoming History Channel documentary titled The Hunt, which will be narrated by Hetfield, who supports big game hunting and gun rights. Hetfield is a member of the National Rifle Association and sings of hunting in a song he co-wrote called Of Wolf and Man, where he sings, I hunt, therefore I am. Harvest the land, taking of the fallen lamb. Well, stay tuned for more wild game cooking today on The Revolution and check us out. We are starting out our season with a bag. For Lee and Tiffany, it was love at first shot. I'm sitting here admiring Lee's big bull. Wait all year for this hunt. Big bull. Now they're a match made in outdoor heaven. I've been practicing my elk calling. Oh, no. We're about ready to put a big buck in the truck. Besides a big buck, what else do you need? Crush with Lee and Tiffany. Sunday nights at 7.30 Eastern on Outdoor Channel. The hunting is going to be good. The Ruger 1022 Takedown. A new take on the legendary Ruger 1022. With all of the features and functionality of America's favorite rimfire rifle, the Ruger 1022 Takedown easily separates for convenient storage and transportation. Reassembly is simple and returns the rifle to zero, ensuring precision shot after shot. Packed in a backpack-style bag included with the rifle, the Ruger 1022 Takedown makes it easy to keep America's favorite rimfire by your side. The Nissan Frontier is loaded with features perfect for any outdoorsman, like tons of power from a 261-horsepower V6 engine, plus a new feature we're trying out, the game call horn. There's elk, turkey, and mule deer. We're still working on that one, but the Frontier does have the first-in-class Utilitrack cargo-carrying system to strap down your big game. Though cool, the game call horn is not a real feature of the Frontier. Nissan. Innovation that excites. 
Available features. 2014 Ward Segmentation Small Pickup Class. Properly secure all cargo. Tiff's Tips with Tiffany Lukoski from The Crush that's exclusively on Outdoor Channel is presented to you by Cutmaster Knives. Find them at cutmaster.com. Most people won't believe that one of my favorite things about harvesting an animal is when we start the field dressing process. Lee and I personally field dress all of our animals and for many of our guests when they help with us. Here are a few things that will help make the process easier. Always field dress your animal as soon as you can. We like to have a kit together even when we're on the road so that we are always prepared. We use Cutmaster knives and always make sure we sharpen them after each use as a sharp knife makes the process all the easier and you're always ready for next time. I also have wet wipes, field dressing gloves, paper towel, a flashlight with fresh batteries, and a small garbage bag to throw away the used rags and gloves. All the items are stored in a pack so it's ready to go. We normally field dress our animals in the field or out of the back of the truck or sometimes while hanging. All methods work great and the more experience you get, the better you'll become. After that, you'll need to hang your animal and start the processing or bring it somewhere to have it done. I know for us, the highlight of our year is when we get all of our meat back from our local processor as we get to enjoy our harvest all year long. These are Tiff Tips and you're listening to Jim and Trap with The Revolution. This second installment of Tiff's Tips with Tiffany Lukoski from The Crush that's exclusively on Outdoor Channel is presented to you by Cutmaster Knives. Find them at cutmaster.com. Now back to the non-stop outdoor cooking action with Jim and Trav. She sounds way more prepared than us. That's because she is. <laughs> I think she is. <laughs> uh, so we are talking about uh, the basics of meat and wild game cooking, but next week I'm pretty sure uh, we're going to have Lee and Tiffany on next week's show. Yeah, my Tigo got caught in the mic. Yeah, Lee and Tiffany both are going to be joining us. So the basics of meat and wild game cooking before the break, talking with uh, Mrs. Bunny. Yeah, she had five neat things that we need to think about. The do's and don'ts. That's right. Of uh, cooking wild don'ts game. don'ts do's. There's a lot of don'ts in my life. <laughs> All right, so we're just now being joined by uh, Mike Pawluski. Got Check them out. Gridiron Outdoors, wonderful show on Outdoor Channel that is uh, every Saturday night, 9 p.m. Eastern time. But you know, Mike, uh, Outdoor Channel. Outdoor Channel, yeah, sorry. Um, I, I was reading this, you know, because everybody seems to overcook uh, wild game, especially fish. Yeah. All right. But I was actually reading this article, and they were saying it's called the five minute rule, and that's for every inch of fish. You cook it five minutes. So if you let's say if you have a fillet that's half an inch thick, you cook it for two and a half minutes. But I mean that is really hard. How do we go about not overcooking our fish, Mike? Well, that, that's a big trick, right? Is is any wild game you don't want to overcook it. My favorite fish, the favorite way to prepare it for me is streamside. Oh really? Oh yeah. Anything fresh out of the water, you've never frozen it, so the oils don't separate. Really good to eat that way, and so. I'm a big fan of streamside fish. What we do when we go, uh, used to go to Alaska, uh-huh. is we would take uh, the fish, and oddly enough, a fish that you don't hear of people cooking very often because it doesn't preserve very well at all. But Arctic grayling, yeah, that's is the best, the most delicious fish that you have ever eaten in your life, as long as you eat it streamside. And so we would we would take fish out, we would clean them up there, fillet them there, cut them into chunks, and just lightly bread it cook it, you know, you bring a little butter with you and cook it right there in the pan, streamside. It is sweet. It is delicious. You can season it to taste, and, and it's just the most fantastic fish I've ever eaten. Now, now you you, you uh, fish uh, fresh and salt water, and I've noticed yeah. that dark vein along the side, especially on the saltwater species, and you can get that on the stripers, which is really a saltwater fish, but it's landlocked. Uh, do you find that uh, you need to really cut that uh, that out? Unless you like bitter meat, I suggest that. <laughs> that, blood, that bloodline is is uh, pretty rough to eat sometimes, and you can have a nice steak. You know, tuna are especially bad. The uh, the pelagics, tuna, wahoo, mackerel, really bad with that bloodline. So 
if you don't cut that out, you can ruin a good steak or a good filet by just having one little chunk of that, and that's the only flavor that you'll remember of that piece of fish. So I strongly recommend getting rid of that bloodline, making sure it's all gone. Even if you have to sacrifice just a little bit of meat to get it out, just make sure it's out because that bitter taste will, will pretty much ruin a slab of meat. Yeah. You know, uh, again, we want to mention talk with Mike Pulaski, Gridiron Outdoors on Outdoor Channel. Check him out every Saturday night, 9 p.m. Eastern time. Outdoor Channel, great show. Now, you know, I think everybody, we, we have this, um, sense of all fish is mediocre because that's how it comes when you buy it frozen in the store. Everything tastes like a fish stick where you're at McDonald's, you buy it at Walmart. Uh, they all taste the same. I don't think people realize how versatile fish is and how wonderful it is just because we we grew up uh eating it out of a box and like you're saying when you catch it fresh out of the stream uh there is nothing better mike nothing better i mean it's some of the most succulent meat some of the most delicious meat that you can have and fresh fish will take whatever seasonings you put on it one of the traditions we have with camera guys is um, when we used to fish we would go on the road take local fish, whatever that may be, fresh catch of the day, yeah. and we would make a new fish meal on every trip. And mm-hmm. so we'd go to Key West, and we'd grab Dorado, or we'd grab grouper. And our last time we were down there, we had uh, we took grouper, we made a coconut curry sauce that we, that we put it in, covered it with coconut and macadamias on top. Really? And then we had shrimp, which we made a curry sauce for the shrimp as well. So we had the whole curry theme going throughout the fish deal. We skewered the shrimp. With a little bit of bacon, had the shrimp, had the fish. It was delicious. Had no complaints on the meal. Yeah, I want to date you. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to wine and dine eat me, with Mike. <laughs> that sounds so good, man. Hey, uh, hey, Mike. Now uh, you, you travel a lot uh, with uh, with Gridiron Gridiron Outdoors, and uh, the fact of the matter is, when you get up into that northern country, we're talking about Canada, we're talking about Alaska. You get into some giant northern pike. Have you learned how to fillet out that Y bone that's in there? Because everybody says. The pike are just too bony to eat. Well, so the guys that say pike are too bony to eat <laughs> have been listening to other people because they clearly haven't eaten it. Now, that, that's one of two things. If pike are too bony to eat, that means either you're too lazy to clean it oh. or you listen to the guy who's too lazy to clean it because it is some of the most delicious fish you will ever eat in your life. It's second only to the Arctic railing was the Northern Pike up in Alaska, and it was fantastic. So I suggest learning how to clean it and getting that thing in the pan because you, you won't taste fish like that anywhere else. Yeah. Coming straight from Mike Pulaski, you're lazy if you say that. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Well, actually, I, I learned from an old Indian up in uh, in Canada how to fillet out those Y-bones, and it's just a couple of cuts, and you, you can lift them right out of there just like a doggone zipper. Yeah, it's not, it's not tough, but... Again, it is a learned skill like most of the stuff in the outdoors. You have to learn it. Once you learn it, it becomes pretty simple. But it is well worth the effort to learn the technique because pike is delicious to eat. And again, one of those fish, the nice white fish, it'll take whatever seasonings you put into it. You can prepare it however you want. And when it's fresh, you just can't beat it. You bet. Hey, that was Mike Pulaski. And, of course, he has Gridiron Outdoors on Outdoor Channel. That's right. i got to check him out. Saturday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Great show on Outdoor Channel. We want to say a special thank you, though, to Nissan Outdoor Channel, Ruger High Mount Seasonings, Cabela's, and Extreme Beam. Don't go anywhere. We are talking about the basics of meat and wild game cooking on today's show. David Draper, he is the food blogger for Field and Stream and 
has the Wild Chef blog. Here is a word from Mark. Don't go anywhere. Mr. Mike Mann, thank you so much for coming on, buddy. We appreciate it. Always a pleasure to talk to you guys, especially about food. Yeah, I'm hungry. I got to go back to the dining hall. <laughs> yeah. and, and we hope you get your cooking merit badge. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to try. I'll see what I can do. Thanks, guys. <laughs> okay. All right. Talk to you later, buddy. Outdoor Channel on Captive Deer Disease. The captive deer hunting industry has been targeted by six members of Congress who say that the interstate movement of deer results in the spread of disease to local livestock. The group of U.S. representatives said in a statement that captive bred cervids pose a serious threat to livestock and native wildlife and potentially endanger human health, citing a report that indicates bovine tuberculosis that has been found in 50 captive deer and elk herds and that chronic wasting disease has been found in 22 states, something they suggest could be linked to the growing high-fence hunting industry. So you don't have to miss a minute of the revolution with Jim and Trav. Just go to OutdoorChannel.com forward slash revolution for a full archive of shows at your fingertips. Check it out. Outdoor Channel presents an unforgettable journey into the unknown. We're about to go hunt a very, very dangerous animal. We've been to many places in the world that you feel discomfort because you know you're not welcome. This place, nobody's welcome. The Outdoor Channel original series, Uncharted. Well, maybe we shouldn't be here. Maybe this is the one time when we push too far. Wednesday nights, 7 Eastern on Outdoor Channel. For LED flashlights with brighter, tighter beams that see farther and run longer, you want Extreme Beam, the passion to outperform. Go to www.extrebeam.com. Cabela's is the world's foremost outfitter for hunting, fishing, and outdoor gear. You can outfit all your needs through Cabela's catalogs, online, and their many stores. With the best selection, prices, and quality, all backed by a legendary guarantee. For the best in outdoor gear, go to www.cabelas.com. Hot Caramel Apple Crunch is one of the tasty treats that awaits you at High Mountain Seasonings. Order your jerky and sausage kits, snacking sticks, marinades, rubs and shakers, and more by going to HIMTNJerky.com today. Please begin. This is The Revolution with Jim and Trav. You're going to love it, I promise. Here are the boys. The worst of all worst nightmares for me is grilling fish. Oh, preacher, brother! Let me ask you a question. How many times have you grilled fish only to have a massive grill disaster on your hands? Way too many times to count. That's how many times. Amen. Uh, <laughs> we have some judge. All right, so we are talking about the basics of meat and wild game cooking on today's show. You're playing yeah. along so well. Yeah, hey, before the break, we heard from old Mike Pawoski, and he's with uh, Gridiron Outdoors. Yeah, he is with Gridiron he, he's Outdoors. He's now a Boy Scout. Yeah, go to check him out Outdoor Channel. That is every Saturday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, Gridiron Outdoors. What a great show. Anyways, yeah. uh, David Draper. Yeah. <laughs> wild Chef. I was just taking a breath. Yeah, the Wild Chef. Got to check him out. He is the food blogger uh, for Field and Stream. He has the Wild Chef blog on Field and Stream. Got to hop on, check him out. Uh, David, you're, you're an incredible man. How's it going, buddy? Uh, life's been treating me well. How have you guys been? It's good to be back on the show, Jim and Trav. Yeah, you you, you have been on a long time. And, of course, we tried to get you, but you're just a busy guy. You've been busy in the kitchen, man. <laughs> yeah, it seems like maybe you call me all the time during hunting season. So now it's summertime. <laughs> I'm not doing any hunting. You caught me at home. Now, I, I'm actually on uh, your page on Field and Stream. Holy cow. That's I'm, Field and Stream magazine. Yeah, I got to check it out. I'm, I'm checking out. Uh, you posted it May 14th, your grilled mallard tacos. Oh, oh, oh I'd kick Jim in the shin. 
uh, for a taco or right now. Or even higher. These look amazing. <laughs> now, people don't think about that. I mean, grilling mallard to make tacos, that's kind of thinking outside of the box. A lot of people don't have grilled mallard tacos on a daily basis. Um <laughs> It's funny. I I love tacos. I love anything wrapped in a tortilla. That's kind of like my passion food. I love tacos. Yeah. So I'm always trying to kind of push the boundaries a little bit and trying to, you know, come up with different styles of tacos. Now, this yeah. is good. Now, how do we go about this? I mean, uh, is a special marinade? What? Yeah. What, what do you do with the, the mallard? Yep. Yep. It's basically a, a skinned mallard breast, or you can use about any duck. You know, a teal is a wonderful one as well. Yeah. Um, skin, your, skin your mallard breast. And I do marinate it for a little bit, not as long as probably most people think, maybe 30 minutes to an hour. Oh, really? Um, my marinade for that one is uh, squeeze about a, a full lime, um, get the juice out of a full lime. And then I actually use about a shot of good tequila as well in there. Um, and then throw in maybe a little cumin, a little coriander, maybe some chili pepper. And uh, before you even uh, slice them, just throw those breasts in there and let them marinate for 30 minutes to an hour before you grill them. Holy wow. cow. And now do you use uh, like maybe mesquite uh, to grill them on or, or yeah, just... Well, uh, yeah, I'll just grill them on like a regular char- uh, like my Weber kettle charcoal grill and then I'll throw a handful of mesquite. Um, I also am a big fan of applewood. I, I smoke a lot of stuff that way. So I'll throw a handful of those chips right there on the coals and let them flame up a little bit um, and get some smoke rolling. Well, you know, having you on in the past, I mean, you're out there hunting antelope, mule deer, just about anything that moves, uh, David Draper is actually shooting it. Now, of all your wild game, what is your favorite? Oh man, it's pronghorn antelope. I mean, it's, it's really hand, yeah, hands down. And people people freak out that I say that, but if it's a well treated antelope, um, if you get it in the cooler right away on a hot day, it's it's the best game meat there is. And I've I've hunted you know I've hunted all kinds of stuff. I love caribou, I love moose, but I tell you what, pronghorn's the best. All right, now give us a recipe, a good grilling recipe. Uh, for antelope. Now, I've had antelope before. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty good meat. Um, we didn't do the best job preparing it. <laughs> but uh, how how would you go about? It? Like, what is what is one of your favorite antelope recipes? And cuts. Uh, one of my yeah. favorite. Well, I, I make a, a really good antelope green chili in the fall. That's wonderful. Really? But if you're going to be doing some grilling, um, what I love to do is, as much as I love tacos, I also love meat on a stick. Um, again, you know, use a real simple marinade. Marinate it for thirty minutes to an hour, just to get that flavor. You don't really need to tender it up, and then uh, cut it in strips and basically run it onto a skewer and, and grill it that way. I mean, that's that's another of my favorites. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah, now you're you're up there near uh, Lake McConaughey. Uh, are you a big uh, uh, fish guy? Yeah, you know, I don't get out fishing as much as I'd like to, but yeah, I do love to fish. I was down at the lake um, um, about a week or so ago, I think, and while I've been hammering lately, the, the wipers have been going crazy, and uh, always catfish are always fun as well. Yeah, now you have like 10 bazillion uh, recipes online, and they're, they're absolutely tremendous. I'm looking at uh, five tips for a venison hamburger steak. Holy crap, does that look good. Where can we find these online, man? Uh, yeah, you know, it's fieldstream.com, and then there's a, there's a button right there for the Wild Chef blog, and you, and you click on that, you'll find it. And like you said, there's all kinds of recipes, all kinds of tips for cooking. Um, I'm also going to be launching a Cook with Cabela's page really? um, on cabelas.com. So that's oh, coming sweet. up. It's not live yet, but uh, keep an eye on that in the future. Yeah, now you, you can, uh, obviously you're talking about uh, grilling on your old Weber grill, and of course you like using uh, uh, gas. Uh, do you find uh, that cooking on the charcoal gives it that additional flavor to the meat? I really do. I really do. It gives it a, a little more smokiness, a little more hardiness. Um, it just seems to cook a little better, too. It just seems like you have a little more control. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't know. It's just I, I really like charcoal for a lot of reasons, and it's also kind of a romantic thing, well, too. You know, you're <laughs> cooking over live fire rather than just a gas fire. He's cooking over charcoal. I'm singing to him, Jim. <laughs> we're having a great time. Now, you know, we're talking to Mike Pawlowski about cooking fish and how everybody seems to overcook it, but I think that's really across the board with any wild game. It's 
especially, you know, you're going to grill venison hamburger, venison steaks, elk, whatever. People have a tendency to cook it to death of like the fear of the unknown. Is it okay if we we prepare our wild game, let's say medium? Is that going to hurt us? Medium rare? No, yeah. I mean, and in fact, I cook almost 90% of my wild game medium rare. Do you really? Um, it, it's it's really, that's, you're, that's such a good point. I mean, if you go past medium with a steak or even venison burgers, that's where that gamey flavor shows up. That's really? where that livery irony flavor shows up. That's when it gets tough. And so that's why you need to make sure it stays moist and just don't cook it past medium. And I, I promise you, I have eaten enough wild game in my life, and I know people <laughs> that have, that you're not going to get sick if you cook yeah, it to medium. You bet. Hey, that's David Draper, and he is a wild chef at uh, Field and Stream magazine. He's got the Wild Chef blog. Got to check him out. Field and Stream. Um, where can we find you online? Also, again, with uh, Cabela's, man. Yeah, and like I said, that page isn't launched yet, but it's yeah. gonna be, uh, actually just cookwithcabelas.com, and that's going to be launching this summer. Um, we'll have a lot of cool how-to tips. We're going to be shooting, we've been shooting a bunch of videos, so there'll be some uh, some how-to cooking shows, and I, I don't have a date for it yet, but it's going to be launched later this summer, so keep an eye on that, and once again, that's just cookwithcabelas.com. Yeah, do you have, like, Instagram, Facebook? Yep, uh, I have I have Instagram and uh, my Twitter feed both, and that's um, Feral Fork at Feral Fork. F E R A L F O R K. So yeah, check me out on my Twitter feed. I have uh, pictures of food twenty four seven, basically. Yeah, and also encourage everybody to post your photos, share your your uh, wild game recipes and photos with uh, David. He'd love to see them. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I, I always love hearing from people about how that's that's why that's how I learn is from hearing about other people and how they do it. I've learned so much from my readers. Oh, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, David Draper. Yeah, I just steal his recipes. I'm totally into that. I don't really care. I You're just, a thief. I just claim them as mine. I said, <laughs> David stole That's them from me. All you do is like change one little ingredient and then it's yours. <laughs> yeah. Bam. I'm a chef. All right. That's right. Uh, so we are talking about the basics of meat and wild game cooking on today's show. Uh, we were just joined by David Draper. And again, he's a food blogger for Field and Stream and has the Wild Chef blog. Got to check him out. Big thank you to Nissan, Outdoor Channel, Ruger, High Mount Seasonings, Cabela's, and Extreme Beam. We got Steve McGrath, Mr. Chops coming up next. Steve McGrath with Camp Chef. Great guy. Uh, here is a word from Mark. Don't go anywhere. David, thank you so much, buddy. Man, thanks a lot. Let's do this again. Let's not, let's not make it four years when I'm on the show again. <laughs> so I uh, can't wait to do it again soon. You bet. Nissan on the Great Wolf Comeback. The first wolf pack after a 70-year absence has been confirmed in Oregon's Cascade Mountains. A gray wolf made famous in 2011 for wandering thousands of miles over Oregon and California in search of a mate is now a father. Biologists said wolf OR7 and his mate recently gave birth to pups in the southern Cascade Range, making the family the first confirmed wolf pack in the area since the 1940s. Biologists made the discovery and were able to photograph two pups peering from a pile of logs, but believe they heard other pups that they couldn't see. Now check us out on Twitter and keep up with the latest news from the revolution and the outdoor industry. Just head for twitter.com forward slash underscore OTN. What are you supposed to do to a shooter, Buck? Shooter of Ted Nugent. The bacon has landed. The guitar-shredding showman. I'm a happy, happy bullhunting, guitar-playing American dreamer. Now brings the noise on Outdoor Channel. I'm like drunk on backstraps and mystical flights of the arrow. You called me Miracle Boy. Texas with a bow and arrow doesn't suck at all. Ted Nugent, Spirit of the Wild. Tuesday nights at 8.30 Eastern on Outdoor Channel. Spirit of the Wild. Pure horsepower television, baby. 
When I'm backpacking in the mountains, I like to travel light. That's why I carry Camp Chef's ready-made gourmet outdoor meals. These freeze-dried meals cook right in the pouch. Just add water. With menu choices like cheesy lasagna, teriyaki chicken with rice, and more, these meals taste great. And with a shelf life of seven years, they're also perfect as an emergency food supply at home. Look for Camp Chef's ready-made gourmet meals at a sporting goods store near you or at CampChef.com. Camp Chef, the way to cook outdoors. Best place to find the Boone and Crockett mule deer? Colorado, of course. Best place to learn about them? Colorado's biggest bucks and bulls. Call 719-661-4037. I want to know more about what you do here. This is The Revolution with Jim and Trav. Venison is a really lean, really flavorful meat. I particularly love it. We do too! I'll shoot two or three deer each year, and that'll usually last me up until the next season. You know, two or three deer would last a month in my house. We go through those like M&Ms. We love deer. I watched JP. He's not even two yet. My son. He'll eat a whole hind quarter. He will. In one sitting. All right, so we are talking about the basics of meat and wild game cooking on today's show. Before the break, though, David Draper. Boy, what a great interview that was. Yeah, he is the wild chef. Talk about his wild chef blog. Had a whole bunch of good tips for us. Anyways, right now, we're just now being joined by Stephen Grath with a Cam Chef. Yeah, I got a ton of Dutch ovens. Man, I love every one of them. They're no, no. different sizes, you know, and you can cook a whole lot in them. Yeah, you cook. You know, my favorite thing, and you can't beat this, Steve, is cooking biscuits, homemade biscuits from scratch in a Dutch oven over an open fire. Nothing beats it. I couldn't agree more. And there's just something about the way that cast iron cooks. It holds that heat. It browns things up. Yeah. And, uh, of course, it is cast iron and it is that flavor of the outdoors. Yeah. And it's fun to carry. <laughs> Very. <laughs> well. <laughs> but uh, nevertheless, uh, of course, you can cook so many things. You know, and I have been to various camps where they used the Dutch oven and they actually buried whatever they were cooking oh, in, yeah. a, in, in beds, put dirt on top of it. Of course, the lid was on it. But I uh, tell you, come back three or four hours later, you got lunch. Yeah, that's exactly it. And they're very versatile. You know, like you talked about there, you can bury them, you can throw charcoal on top of them. We've even figured out a way to use a heat reflective dome and do it right on our stove top. So really? So many different ways you can use them. And if you're at home, you know, you're not limited. Just use them while you're camping. If you're at home, slide them into your oven inside so you can still get some of that cast iron flavor and that feel, that authentic camping experience at home. Yeah. Now, the thing is, when you get your Dutch oven or any iron cooking uh, cookery from uh, Camp Chef, it's already seasoned, isn't it? Thank goodness. You know, long gone are the days when you get something that was nickel silver and you'd have to put in a lot of time and effort to get it seasoned and, and ready to go. Our stuff now, well, you get it, just rinse it in some warm water and dry it and uh, you're ready to cook. So, yes, definitely everything's pre-seasoned and ready to go. That's the bad part about buying a new pair of boots, but I just don't want to wear used boots. You know? <laughs> the break-in process, <laughs> but you don't have that problem. But there at Camp Shift, I mean, we you guys can outfit us with everything. It doesn't really matter what you want. If you want to cook with Dutch ovens, if you need gas grills, if you need charcoal grills, if you need a fire pit, if you need ready, fast meals, you guys, I mean, you literally have have uh, just about everything. It's a one-stop shop. Well, that's and that's what we're trying to do is we're trying to enhance people's outdoors experience through food and through, you know, with fire pits, you could certainly cook on them, but the ambiance of fire uh, while you're outdoors. We're here in the West and we're, I know we're going to end up with a fire ban this year. Most of the states, I'll bet California is probably already headed that way. And so, uh, but with the propane fire pits, most of the time they'll let you lose or use those because there's no burning embers. When you turn it off, it's off. There's there's less risk of fire uh, or catching other things on fire when you're using our propane fire pit. So it's uh, 
everything you know you'll need and, and the camp comfort experience i guess you could say yeah now trav and i do a lot of camping and and the thing is you can really get into some bulky equipment uh when you get around to the cooking but the thing that i like about the camp chef products is they all kind of fold up and put in their own little case and you can stack those things and uh it, it's great for being able to just be able to move a camp if you have to and you know where everything's at and that's the idea is, is modularity it does all break down it does get small um, and you can start in the morning with a flat top griddle and do a great breakfast on it and then with that same stove that same base unit take that griddle off drop a barbecue box on there and cook up some uh, tenderloin or, or backstrap or something like that later on that evening so that's kind of the idea is we want it to be versatile we know space is a concern and an issue for a lot of people that are going outdoors so we want to maximize the usage of our equipment. Yeah, so people know what we're talking about. Uh, Steve, where can we find you guys online? You guys have videos. You have a little bit of everything. You got a picture of Steve. Oh, Steve. And by the way, uh, David was talking about your sweet chops, man. Um, (laughs) Talking about facial hair. Uh, Now, where can we find you online, man? We are uh, very simple at campchef.com. And we're connected socially like everybody else is from, you know, Twitter to Pinterest. I don't know much about that one. uh, (laughs) My wife does that. Facebook and YouTube, all those things. So, yeah, online we do have videos. We do have all the the photos. We have recipes. We have tips and tricks. And that's where we're at. Yeah. Now, one thing I want to jump into is I use it religiously all the time. I actually used it yesterday. He actually bows down to it. I do. Um, I would marry your smoke vault if I could. <laughs> Cam Chef smoke vaults, they're, they are so amazing. I honestly, uh, yesterday I did cook on it. We, I use it probably three or four times a week. The ease for one of putting it together and then running it is amazing. It, literally, it's you, you put this thing it's together, proof. it seasons so quickly. And then I mean, you, you start it, you put your meat in there, you don't have to worry about it. I don't care if it's blowing, wind, raining, whatever. These things are amazing, Steve. You bet. They are great. And the, the, again, the versatility of those two. A lot of smokers out there, you know, you're, you're hindered by, you know, their abilities and temperature-wise. They might be able to get to 225, maybe 250. Oh, yeah. And, and truth be told, that's really all you need for smoking. With ours, though, you could use it as an outdoor oven if you needed to. Ours some of them can push closer to 500. Holy you crap. In them. Uh, it, it's an easier sell, I think, for your wives or girlfriends if you tell them, hey, look, honey, I'll get this. And I know it's a smoker, but <laughs> if the power ever goes out, we can use this as an oven outdoors. <laughs> and, oh, you know, maybe that helps ease them into letting you buy it. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> yeah. anyway, it, it, they're just very versatile. And because they are propane, you know, you're not tethered to electricity or something else. Yeah. So pretty easy to take along to camp with as well or tailgate party. Yeah. Now, the smoke ball actually comes in an 18-inch and a 24. Now, 24 will handle a full-size brisket. Oh, yeah. I if got you a want 24. To, fact, you could do uh, two or three of them at one time, which we we tend to do. Sure. Well, hey, if you're going to fire it up, you just as well uh, fill it up. And, and then you'll discover, you know, how many friends you truly have. If you've got full, <laughs> four full briskets and a smoke ball, you're going to have a lot of friends showing up. <laughs> you bet. You bet. Hey, that was Steve McGrath. He is with Camp Chef, the finest outdoor cooking products in the world. And uh, again, if you'd like to find out more information about Steve and about Camp Chef, go to Camp Chef. 
camshaft.com. That's right. And when you order anything from Camshaft, they put Steve in a box too. Yeah, and with he, a spatula. He comes to your house, sets it up, and cooks the first meal for you. It's amazing how you do that, Steve. It, it is amazing. I don't know how they figured out that clone thing, but I guess it was like the sheep or something. <laughs> they did a good job. Well, hey, we want to say a special thank you to Camshaft, also Nissan, Outdoor Channel, Ruger, High Mount Seasonings, Cabela's, and Extreme Beam. Don't go anywhere. Here is a word from Mark. Mr. Steve, man, thank you so much, buddy. Thank you for your wonderful products and for coming on today, buddy. You bet. Thank you, guys. All righty. Hey, coming up next, we've got Jesse Morris with Killer Chefs. Oh, yeah, we forgot to mention Jesse. Not stick around. He's coming up next. Outdoor Channel on Mushroom Smuggling. Forest closures in California are leading to mushroom smuggling regardless of the hefty fine and jail time they can face if caught. Smugglers have invaded Stanislaw National Forest, which is closed due to dangerous conditions from last year's rim fire, looking to haul out the massive crop of morels currently growing there. That means as much as $40 million in a bumper crop of morels, ironically sparked by the same fire that is blocking hunters, is rotting in the woods west of Yosemite Park. Retail prices for fresh morels range from $25 to $40 per pound. So there is more wild game cooking on the way. In the meantime, sign up for the Revolution e-newsletter, where you can enter to win great prizes, including a gift basket of cooking essentials from High Mountain Seasonings. Shoot an email to radio at OutdoorTrailsNetwork.com to sign up today. It's been said that the history of weapons is indeed the history of the world. Gun Stories, hosted by Joe Montaigne. We go behind the barrel with historical Historians, shooters, and experts. A riveting journey through the history of firearms. These are the three finest American shotguns ever made. Clint Eastwood's got this gun. I gotta have one. Midway USA's Gun Stories, Wednesday nights, 8 Eastern, on Outdoor Channel. Meet the gun that almost won the West. Located in the heart of Maui's premier resort, Kanapali Beach Hotel is officially recognized as Hawaii's most Hawaiian hotel and the number one best value in Hawaii. With a range of accommodations and affordable dining options, this is the ideal setting to turn Hawaiian dreams into lifelong memories. Live Hawaiian entertainment every evening, free year-round children's programs, weekly arts and crafts fairs, welcome breakfast, and departure kukui lei ceremonies add to the value. Swim in the whale-shaped pool, indulge in the fabulous spa and hotel salon. Enjoy Hawaiian hospitality at its best at the Ka'anapali Beach Hotel. Call 800-262-8450 or go to kbhmaui.com. That's kbhmaui.com. Aloha. To the revolution with, with, with Jim and Trav. What is wrong with you people? Now, here are the boys. If you're just joining us, you just missed old Steve McGrath, and he talked a lot about the camp shift products he's got. A lot of different products they got. You got to hop online, check them out, see, uh, kind of peruse what they have. Anyways, right now we're talking with Jesse Morrison. He is the killer chef because we are talking about all things wild game on today's show. How to not only prepare, but also how to cook it. Jesse, how's it going, buddy? Oh, it's going great. How are you guys? Doing pretty good. Now, before we get into this, I, I, I think what you do and your website is really cool. Where can we find you online, buddy? If you go to www.killerchef, that's K-I-L-L-E-R-C-H-E-F-F dot com, you can find me there or Facebook. 
under Killer Chef. Yeah. Now, one of the things that I liked about uh, your website is under your personal information, I ask about the meat that you like. You said anything with pork fat. Oh, oh, yeah. You know, wild game is, is really lean. So, uh, you know, at any time you can add any sort of fat to that, it's definitely going to help it out. Yeah. Now, what is your favorite uh, wild game to cook? You know, I for years I used to say rabbit. I, really? I loved rabbit. And I got into speckle belly goose. Uh-huh. And I, I think it is absolutely one of the best wild game that you can get out there. Speckle belly is, uh, is nice and fatty, great flavor, extremely clean. I, I'm really wild about that. Yeah. Now they, they say that the, uh, um, Speckle belly? Sandhill cranes. Oh, okay. <laughs> is the filet mignon of the air? Is that true? Yeah, uh, ribeye in the sky is what they call them. Is there? <laughs> uh, Sandhill crane is, is right up there with it. Oh, yeah. really? Now, before we go on with this, Jesse, I got to say, you got great facial hair, man. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I, uh, m- my wife wouldn't agree, but uh, if I cut it off, my. My kids would throw a fit. So. <laughs> Women, they're, they're 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 silly. They just don't know what's good for them, do they? <laughs> it keeps me strong. That's uh, that's all I can say about that. All right. So if we're gonna cook speckle belly, okay, you know, because everybody has one or two laying around in the freezer. <laughs> yeah. How how yeah? How would we go about doing this, man? Because I mean, that's not something that everybody prepares on a daily basis. If we want to make it, let's say we have the rare opportunity and th- we have this, okay, and we want to prepare it for our family, friends. How would we go about doing this to make just one outstanding meal? You know, probably one of my favorite dishes that uh, that we did last year while we were in Alberta, Canada, with uh, Canada Maximus Outfitters was uh, we would take the breast of the speckle belly and you would score it and you would grill it just skin side down under a you know medium heat, let that skin get almost nice and crispy, flip it over, finish it to about a medium rare. Uh, you take that off let it cool down, and in a pan, I, I would start off with a little pork fat, uh-huh. not a bad thing, uh, some crushed tomatoes, uh, some sliced garlic goes really well in there, any herbs that you can get your hands on, I'm a big fan of thyme, uh, rosemary, so you just saute that in the pan together, finish it off with some really fresh green English peas, and just to warm it through, slice the speckle belly, place it on top. Beautiful, simple dish. Wow, that sounds good. You know, I made uh, uh, just regular uh, Canada uh, goose breast. And what uh-huh. I did, very similar to what you did, uh, except I um, I made a big game sauce. And the last thing I put in that big game sauce was red currant jelly, uh, cooked the uh, the breast to medium rare, and then served it with a salad and, uh, and wild rice. And uh, that was an excellent. And we grilled it over mesquite. I may have to put you on the website. <laughs> that sounds pretty good. Now, let's get into, like, uh, some venison dishes real quick. Because everybody talks about tenderloins, backstraps. Well, there's a whole sure. heck of a lot of meat besides that. Uh, and a lot, of, a lot of it is tough sometimes. But what would you do with those more uh, not-so-delectable uh, cuts? cuts? Yeah. What would you make? You know, I, I didn't grow up a deer hunter. But uh, when I shot my first deer... First thing I did gutting it was started pulling out the heart uh-huh. and the liver, and they all looked at me like I was mad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He's mad, I tell you. He's mad. <laughs> yeah, but I'll tell you what, the heart was was one of my favorite things. Really? It's, it's so easy to prepare. You just need to take, you know, take the small amount of time to clean it properly. But, uh, you know, grilled, it's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, like you said, the back straps and the tenderloin, always easy to do. But, uh, you know, the lower shank area with all the connective tissue, yeah. low and slow, a lot of liquid. You get a great sauce with that. Um, and the meat will just be banging. You bet. Hey, we've been talking with Jesse Morris, and this guy is the killer chef. He is the killer chef to find out great recipes, photography, possibly just hang out and talk about facial hair. Got to hop online, check about Jesse Morris. Where can we find Killer Chefs? You can find it on www.killerchefs.com or on Facebook under Killer Chef. Yeah, got to post some photos, like his page. Anyways, we are talking about the basics of meat and wild game cooking on today's show. Big thank you to Nissan Outdoor Channel, Ruger High Mountain Seasonings. Throw some High Mountain Seasonings on anything, it'll be good. Cabela's and Extreme Beam. Got to get to a break. Here is a word from Mark. Jesse, man, thanks so much, buddy. We greatly appreciate it. Hey, guys, I appreciate it. Nissan on New York's White Deer Herd. Local officials in Seneca County, New York, are considering proposals to develop the land occupied by a former Army Depot, despite the herd of approximately 200 white deer currently inhabiting the property. Believed to be the nation's largest white deer herd, these Seneca County deer have thrived on a fenced-in 7,000-acre land plot since 1949. The U.S. Army Corps of Engineers currently maintains a staff at the Seneca Army Depot, but is expected to depart sometime in 2016, opening up the area to development and agricultural uses. However, the advocacy group Seneca White Deer hopes to secure the future of the world's largest herd of white deer by having the area deemed a protective wildlife area. Well, are you a wild game grill master? Take to social media and post a picture to our Facebook wall of your latest wild game creation. Find us at facebook.com forward slash adventures of dad and me. Colorado's Biggest Bucks and Bulls, a book for hunters. www.colorado's Biggest Bucks and Bulls.com. You're on the revolution with Jim and Trav. Hey, that was a great show, Trav. I am so hungry. I am so I sweaty. Am. <laughs> and with all that being said, we want to thank our 430 affiliate stations, our advertisers, and everyone that makes the show possible. Like Miss Bunny, Punjo, our producer Mark Paneri, and Frank the Sound Guy. But you forgot to mention Mike Pawluski, David Draper, Steve McGrath, Tiffany Lukoski, and Jesse Morris. Uh, but Mrs. Bunny, you're amazing. I am to please. Thank you again. Right. I am to please. All right, local news and weather is coming up next. Don't go anywhere. God bless you. Good outdoors this weekend. Take some kids with you. We'll talk next week. Peace out. has been a production of Outdoor Trails Radio Network. Copyright 2014. All rights reserved.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.